Hello, food enthusiasts, and welcome to another episode of the Future Foodcast. I'm Pam Blind-Miller, your host for this episode, and we have another exciting guest with us. Her name is Christy Legali. She is the founder, love to highlight female founders, and CEO of Rebellious Foods, and we are so glad to have you today, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, and I love your branded shirt there. It's always good to have <laughs> the branding front and center because I think Rebellious, based on what I'm seeing is going to become a bit more of a known company name uh, based on what's going on with your growth, which we'll get into. But tell us, first of all, how did you even, because you were not in the food industry, how did you even get started? Yeah, so correct. I was not in the food industry. I was an aerospace engineer. I'm a mechanical engineer by training, and I spent about 15 years in the aerospace industry, um, most recently working at Boeing commercial airplanes and prior to that working on spacecraft and ground-based telescopes and had a great time doing it. Um, but like many people in the world, um, felt called to address major social justice issues like climate change, human health, animal welfare. And one of those places in the in the uh, social justice landscape, those really connect is in the area of food, um, because of course we produce a large amount of animal products, both in the United States and globally. And so there were some real social justice issues that could be addressed um, by getting more involved in the food industry and then eventually starting my own company around one particular issue, which is large chicken production. Okay. Well, you talk about social justice and food and most of us, me included, don't, I'm not exactly sure how those two go together. Can you help me understand the social justice and the food piece? Well, if we're looking at it first from a climate change perspective, as many people probably already know, about 14.5% of greenhouse gas emissions are known to come directly from industrial animal agriculture. Um, obviously, that is a lot, and it is a big concern and a reason why most environmental policy has started to gear towards um, you know, choosing a more climate-friendly friendly diet, which usually includes, if not um, entirely includes, making sure that you replace your meat as much as possible, you know, starting maybe with beef, but also chicken and pork and turkey. Um, it also includes, you know, more plant-based products as much as possible because focusing on plants allows us to uh, shorten the supply chain between, um, you know, growing the plants and then feeding them to the chicken and then killing the chicken and then eating the chicken. There's a lot shorter supply chain when you grow the plants and turn them directly into chicken nuggets and the chicken actually doesn't have to be involved at all. So there's a lot of benefits from that, but there's also other social justice issues that really arise out of the industrialization of large-scale industrial animal agriculture. Things like obviously greenhouse gas emissions, but also in the case of chicken, uh, chicken is the largest consumed meat in the world. We produce over 9 billion chickens in the United States alone every single year. And um, it causes an enormous amount amount of runoff pollution, nitrate pollution, ammonia uh, pollution for people who are living near these places. And, and chicken is produced in most states in the United States, so if not, if not nearly all. So, you know, these are these are concerning um, environmental issues, and for people who live around these uh, particular facilities, it can be um, it can be a social justice issue. They may be in a poorer community, but they can't move. Um, things like that, and then you know, all of us obviously are impacted by climate change. You know, and so the more we can make more climate friendly diet choices, um, it, it contributes to the benefit overall. Wow! I thank you for connecting the dots for me. I hadn't thought about 
about, you know, as we process these meats, like you were talking about chicken, and especially here where we are in the United States, and I'm sure in other parts of the world where chicken is, just the location of those uh, where they're grown and processed and all of that, there are ramifications and effects to uh, the surrounding areas. I hadn't really thought about that before, but there are other effects shortening that supply chain. I mean, that's a real positive too, uh, for us from a cost standpoint, but I guess you've really gotten involved using your experience as an engineer in, in the pro- the processing piece of the plant-based foods and how to be able to do that in a scalable way. Uh, that's every- correct. Yeah. It, it seems uh, completely logical that if you're going to shorten the supply chain, that those products really should be less expensive than animal-based products. So let's take chicken nuggets because that's what we work on a lot at Rebellious, chicken nuggets, tenders, and patties. It really does seem that if you, you know, grow soy and then feed it to a chicken and then take care of the chicken for six months and then put it in a truck and slaughter it and then have to deconstruct it, somehow that would be more work and more energy intensive and more difficult than just growing the soy and turning it into chicken nuggets. And the, tr- the truth of the matter, it is, it's better for the environment to, you know, just make the plant-based version of chicken rather than the animal-based version of chicken. But what it isn't right now is less expensive. And the reason yeah. for that is we have industrialized animal agriculture from since just after World War II to the present. We have automated it, mechanized it, and and grown it into one of the highest volume food producing entities in the world. Um, So, you know, meat is a huge portion of both the American diet and globally. And as a result, the scale and the um, mechanization, automation, and intensification of industrial animal agriculture has made it super cheap. But we've never done anything like that for plant-based meat. No one ever has until Rebellious was started. And as a result, we continue, most of the plant-based meat industry continues to use off-the-shelf meat processing equipment to make plant-based meat when those two things really don't go together. Because as you can imagine, the tools that you need to deconstruct a chicken into a chicken nugget are not really the right tools to make plants into a chicken nugget. It's just not the right tools. But as a result of the fact that we use the same tools, we end up paying about three times the cost because we're kind of doing a lot of things manually. And so what we do at Rebellious Foods is we have a whole separate engineering team, an engineering design development and research team that has designed new production equipment that is the right equipment for making plant-based meat. And as a result, we can actually meet and beat the price of, of conventional chicken products if we use the right equipment that streamlines the process, makes it continuous, um, and, you know, removes that extra hard, you know, laborious um, processing steps that it's also so hard on workers that makes it now possible for us to meet and beat the price of chicken. Well, that is one of the main obstacles really to people even trying some plant-based meats, like you were saying, um, the price is is an issue. And the fact that you're able to help with that, I, I think more and more people are open to making a change or at least trying it. But because there are some negatives to traditional meat products like chicken and and beef and those and and you can talk to us about some of those too some of the uh, challenges that we have health wise uh, versus plant based but 
uh, I think just helping the price, you know, that's kind of your first obstacle when somebody goes to make a comparison. Am I going to get these chicken nuggets or these chicken nuggets? And the plant-based ones are higher. Th that makes it an easy choice if that's all they're comparing. But exactly, exactly. The vast majority of Americans really don't have the tolerance or even now with the age of inflation, don't really have the desire to pay three times the cost for plant-based meat as they do for animal-based meat. You know, it's kind of where we are still at right now because plant-based meat prices are somewhat falling, but inflation is also making some of it grow up as well. Um, so we definitely see a juxtaposition between people's intent to eat better for themselves, to have cholesterol-free food, to have... Um, antibiotic free food, all of which is the case for plant-based meat and be able to fundamentally live their values as wanting to be a contributor to the benefit, you know, to mitigating climate change. You know, when we're asking them to, you know, spend three times as much, it's really hard. And it's, it's a conflictory, a conflict within people. And it, honestly, it's kind of not fair. You know, they really should be able to access the, the plant-based versions and have them be just as cost-effective and high quality as the animal-based version. Yeah. Now you had talked about some of the issues with um, some of the animal products, and I did not realize some of the numbers you were throwing out as far as, I, I think there's a, a flu epidemic going on with, is it chicken right now? Uh, yeah. So, you know, as a consumer, I'm totally unaware of that. There's still chicken in the grocery store. And I guess if you weren't involved in the industry, I don't know if they hide it or <laughs> how that works, but there, yeah. there's liability there. Absolutely. There's liability. It is a huge risk. And, you know, since we've even just in the last few weeks, um, since we've been watching bird flu uh, essentially fly around the world, if you will, um, it has gotten worse. It is now in our own backyards. Um, and on top of that, it was um, concentrated in a, um, a large scale chicken production facility in Colorado, and at least one worker got sick. They're actually monitoring other workers as well, meaning that, you know, one of the greatest risks, risks for the next global pandemic is actually bird flu, um, right along up there with swine flu. And as we're probably hearing in the news these days, even like things like monkeypox, which is, you know, in contact with wild animals, you know, zoonotic diseases are a, a, a natural threat. And when we create situations um, such as in intensified animal, you know, uh, in, intensified animal raising of which chicken is the most obvious because they're not outdoors. They're in big sheds. Um, you know, pig, pig flu is another risk because pigs are often indoors as well. And these are places where um, disease can just run rampant, um, mutate, and even infect humans pretty effectively because, you know, both are right there, but they're also, you know, so domesticated and close to us that um, there's very high risk of, of it becoming zoonotic. And we all know the impact of zoonotic diseases um, because that, of course, was um, believed to be the best, you know, most likely origin for COVID-19. Yeah. So let's move on from diseases. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about something more positive. As you think about this initiative with moving to plant-based foods, like how do you even start marketing that or where has rebellious foods focused? What are you doing uh, as far as the people that you're reaching? 
Yeah, so there are a wide variety of companies out there currently working on a wide variety of plant-based products from plant-based eggs to plant-based hot dogs to plant-based burgers and even plant-based pork. If you've heard of Omni Pork, they do a great job focusing on pork. And um, at Rebellious Foods, we focus on plant-based chicken products. Um, and we specifically focus on the area of plant-based chicken product for the mass market. So our ideal customers are customers that are going to Safeway, Albertsons, Jewel Osco, major area grocery stores that, um, you know, people are expecting a good price and good value for what they're purchasing. And also those particular stores are widespread. So it's getting to a lot of people. Um, Rebellious doesn't do direct to consumer. And the reason we don't is we believe that getting it to the consumer at a really affordable price is our mission. And to that end, another area that we work heavily in is the National School Lunch Program. So a lot of people may not know if about the National School Lunch Program, but it is a free and reduced school lunch program that is subsidized by the USDA. And a lot of the products they get, particular meat products, are come from commodity products that are either surplus within the United States, farming, you know, farming construct, and then they are developed diverted for use as chicken nuggets. Um, well, chicken, obviously, chick diverted for use as chicken nuggets. You know, these are very low-cost products intended to fill the gap for places that have, you know, food insecurity in their community, and they're trying to bridge the gap to support students at school. At Rebellious, we feel like this is a population that is just right up our alley to be able to serve because we're working on low-cost, high-quality plant-based chicken products, and these students deserve to have a um, have an alternative alternative to that conventional, you know, sometimes low quality meat products that they get. You know, if anybody's ever been having the experience of mystery meat at their public school, that's always a disconcerting thought about what we're feeding, you know, um, food insecure communities. So this is this is a really important issue to bring plant-based to the, the masses like the National School Lunch Program. Um, Rebellious now currently serves 50 school districts along the Western coast, and we soon will be expanding that to nearly 100 um, at probably 75 by the fall and then nearly 100 by the end of the year. So um, we'll likely reach over, you know, one to two million school kids, at least in the next year. And that is our true mission is really to be able to make plant-based meat high quality. So nobody sacrifices anything and they get a plant-based version of that at the right price that the schools can afford. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I think all of us that went to school can remember mystery meat. And that's a scary <laughs> thought, especially today. I think that mystery meat didn't used to have, you know, as many problems as before as it could today, as far as challenges with that you might have antibiotics and, you know, bird flu infestation or whatever might be happening. But the other side is when you talk about kids, I always think about taste because us adults can handle being able to, you know, know that something is better for us and we'll, we'll go with a little bit less on the taste spectrum, but kids, they won't do that as much. So Christy, you've really got to have a good product. That's right. So at Rebellious, we actually have two product lines. We have um, the Rebellious Tender Nugget and Patty um, that is sold in retail, as well as our um, specialty food, uh, food service customers. And then we have a separate line for those school lunch kids. So the school lunch kids get a different formulation um, that meets their nutritional requirements. So it has 
slightly higher protein content. It has a little less sodium, a little less fat, and that the kids are just will will really, but it's but it's flavored specifically for them. So there's it's sometimes about making chicken nuggets, as we've learned, is more about taking stuff out that kids don't like, like pepper. They really don't like pepper, and then making the product um, neutral but flavorful and making it you know ultra craveable, so they'll definitely eat it. Yeah, <laughs> we think- do a lot of testing. I was going to say, I'm sure you have a lot of testing going on because especially with the numbers that you're talking about growing to, you, you need to figure out about the taste and, and, and the mouthfeel and all that ahead of time before you go into full fledged production, because that's, that's a large number that you're talking about um, impacting, which congratulations on that, by the way. Uh, Now the kids that, that whole um, school lunch program that's growing, but, and you talked about retail and you're going to distributors and uh, to keep the cost down because you're focusing on what you do best in producing that product. If you can get it to the distributors, those larger grocery chains or the people that supply them, then you're gonna be able to shave the cost down because you're letting the people that are really good at that distribution do the distribution. Uh, But to that end on the retail side, what's happening there with Rebellious? Yeah, so Rebellious, our retail products, which are Rebellious tenders, nuggets, and patties, actually are sold in nearly 700 reloca- uh, uh, locations, um, both in the Pacific Northwest, the Midwest, and the um, Mid-Atlantic states. So we're in Al- Albertsons and Safeway in 200 stores in the Pacific Northwest. We're in 188 stores in Indiana, Iowa, and Illinois in Jewel Osco, and then also in um, about almost 70 stores in the Atlant- Mid-Atlantic states. Um, in Albertson Safeway and Acme. So um, those are our really big chains and we'll be continuing to grow that. I think I mentioned earlier, we will be in 21 stores in the Pacific Northwest as part of the uh, Whole Foods um, local food program, which we're absolutely delighted to be a part of. Um, you know, Whole Foods National is obviously well sought after by a lot of retailers, but this um, opportunity to do a local food program means a lot to us because we all live and work right in the heart of West Seattle. So, um, so we're really proud of the local food program because we all live and work right here in the heart of West Seattle. That's, that's exciting. And that will just prove the concept. You can get the analytics from that and make any changes you need to make to your product line or your offering, and then be well positioned to hopefully expand that more. I would think you want to do that. Uh, Where else are you looking to go with the future of Rebellious? What kind of future plans do you have? Yeah, so we'll continue to grow our retail presence. We've got a lot of great help um, already working on that right now. Um, We'll continue to grow internationally. We actually just started to export recently, and um, we hope to bring our our products to even more uh, international locations through a couple of export partners. And and more than anything else, um, we're very, very excited about expanding our school lunch products across the United States. There's such a huge demand for kids to have high quality, low, low cost plant-based meat products. And so we're excited to be um, one of the few suppliers that actually has that product and making it possible for schools to really be able to kind of, like I said earlier, live their values and, and allow kids to really feel like there can be a, a party to climate change mitigation, which is going to obviously affect them for their entire lives. Yes. So we're very excited about all of those um, expansions. Well, that's really great. I'm so glad that you decided to use your expertise 
to apply to this industry, because obviously you're making a big dent in that and giving some options uh, to people that didn't exist before. And I think more and more people are looking for those kinds of options these days. And it's really nice to have a good quality company like Rebellious Foods with your serious mission uh, behind it to uh, be a part of that implementation. So thank you for sharing your initiatives and your product and and all that you're doing uh, with plant-based meats and chicken uh, specifically with us today on the Future Foodcast, Christy. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to Future Foodcast. Future Foodcast is powered by Farm to Plate, the leading food blockchain platform. Subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to stay up to date with the very latest innovations in the food industry. 